Thank you, Joe and Vanessa. You may be seated. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I pray that you forgive us because we have sinned. We have put our pride before others and have lashed out in anger at our brothers and sisters just because of our selfish pride. We have not done the right thing and have chosen to go the other way when we were given the choice. We have divided over meaningless things and have made our own man-made legalistic views and opinions more important than following what it says in the Word. I pray for healing. I pray for pure hearts. As the psalmist prayed when he sinned against you, Lord, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Father, I focus on um, Honduras. I pray for truth and justice to prevail over government corruption. We pray that they will not turn a blind eye to the extreme poverty, homelessness, and drug addiction among the urban children. I pray for unity and cooperation among various denominations within the growing evangelical community. We also lift up missionary agencies within the borders of Honduras, World Vision, Young Life, Rancho Oasis for Youth, Mission Honduras, and for Honduras Fellowship of Missionaries and Ministries as they seek to network all the missionaries in this country to be unified as a partner in spreading the gospel and reaching the lost. We look to our own nation as we prepare for a national holiday of remembrance. Benjamin Franklin challenged our nation with these words, let us ever remember that our interests are in concord and not in conflict, and that our true greatness rests in our victories of peace rather than those of war. It is in the spirit of that challenge that we pray that we pay tribute to brave men and women who gave their all in service to our country, accept our thanksgiving for their sacrifice and that of their families, which have purchased for us a free land. Cause us never to take for granted their devotion to liberty. And we long for the day that states in Isaiah 2:4, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for my peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Father, we pray for our own government leaders throughout our land, starting with President Biden and the men and women in his cabinet. We pray, first of all, that they would develop a fear of the Lord. Second, that they would call on you to draw them near to yourself. That if they are not a believer in Jesus Christ, your only Son, that they would heed the Holy Spirit's convictions, repenting and placing their faith in Christ for salvation. Third, we pray that you would grant them a love for the Bible and for prayer. Fourth, we pray for an awareness 
that they are in office by your allowance and that therefore they hold a sacred responsibility. We pray that they would develop a heart for God's glory to be made known to our country as well as the whole world. And sixth, we pray that you, God, will help them make wise decisions, that your will might be fulfilled in our nation. And we pray the same six points with our own local government, starting with Governor Inslee and the men and women in his cabinet. We pray the same. Father, we lift up one of the local churches here, Summit Christian Fellowship, for Pastor Ben Sandsburn, Ryan Beardsley, Ryan Knight, and Josh Breffley, as they lead and preach and teach the overall vision of the church alongside the elders Craig Black and Michael Sandberg. May they be men of God as they devote their time to studying the word and to prayer. I also lift up the deacon Steve Swindler, Rob Hostiger, Bruce Rausch, and David Zook as they look over the needs of the body by serving them wherever you lead them to serve. We pray today for the preaching and teaching of Pastor Sandsburn on Matthew 28, 16 through 20. May you speak through him. And may the body of, of Summit Christian Fellowship have ears that they would want to hear. Father, I pray for our, our own family here at EBC and for our own church family um, who are not here. We lift up the many ministries that will be starting soon. Children's church ministry, the nursery ministry, summer vacation Bible school. We pray for committed leaders and helpers to volunteer and that they would be willing and able to take on the task of shepherding the children of our body as well as community kids that you send our way. We also pray for Pastor Ryan as he and his family continually seek your will as they make decisions and preparations for the path you choose for them to go. We also pray for Ryan as he uh, takes the pulpit this morning with his sermon on God's workers. Be with him as he explains to us what that all means from the passage of 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. May you open our hearts, open our ears as we listen, and take in what Pastor Ryan has studied this week. I ask all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. good morning. Thank you, Jeff, for leading us in, in prayer. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I think there's some newer faces out there, but uh, my name is Ryan Peterson. I'm an associate pastor here at Edgewood Bible Church. And uh, so I'm not the guy who's usually up here, but am thankful for the opportunity to, to come up here today and to uh, look at the word with you. And uh, before we do that, I actually want to take just a minute and kind of give everybody a little bit of an update uh, as Jeff prayed uh, for wisdom and, and guidance for me and my family. Um, just about a month or so ago, I was up here and let you guys know that uh, I was looking to make a, a transition from uh, being an associate pastor to looking, uh, looking to do something else. And I have to say... 
I kind of like to take things slow, but God doesn't always work that way. <laughs> um, so shortly after, actually the, the week after I made that announcement to you guys that I was uh, looking for something else by way of career, I was talking to uh, an old friend of mine down at uh, Cascade Christian Schools, and there was a eighth grade Bible teacher position that was open, and I said, well, what's, what's all this about? And he was like, are you interested? And I said, well, I'm, yeah, I guess I am kind of interested. And he said, well, fill out an application. And I thought, well, great, I'll do that. But then he said, no, now, <laughs> because we're trying to decide for next year. So I went, oh, right, this is what transition means. So, so I filled out the application, and they called me back for an interview. And just about a week or week and a half or so ago, they offered me a contract. So I signed. So God answered prayer. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, take a minute to, to let you guys know that uh, that's how God has been leading and we think still is leading uh, our family. So looking at uh, being an eighth grade Bible teacher next year, five periods of Bible class, one elective, which I'm not sure what that's going to be, but different. Uh, it'll be fun and exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm also excited because that kind of gives a, a little bit of time over the summer to, uh, to make different transitions. So that's going to be uh, part of what, what I'm working on, part of what the elders are working on in the next couple months is just how do we transfer those things that, that I've been responsible for to other people? So be ready because I might call you and say, hey, have you ever considered doing this? <laughs> uh, we're going to need some, some different people to, to step up in different areas. So, um, so that's what's going on. And I want to just say thank you so much uh, for your prayers and your support. Uh, a lot of people came up and you know, encouraged me and just said, hey, we're praying for you. We're excited to see, you know, what God has in the future. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm thankful to be able to say that, hey, God answers prayers. And uh, sometimes he does it a little bit faster than, than we might think. So, uh, so that just kind of on a personal note is, is what's going on. And, um, you know, several of you have, have kind of asked, well, Ryan, how long have you been thinking about this transition? And I just wanted to, you know, kind of fill in some of the gaps there, too, because, of, well, obviously, for some of you, that was kind of a surprise, like, what? Ryan's thinking about changing? Um, but actually, it's kind of been something that's just been in the back of my head for probably over a year. Um, I think it all started with a conversation uh, between Carly and I where she said, so are you still happy being a youth pastor? And I went, well, yes, but, hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of slowly simmered for, for a long time. Um, and it was probably last August that I first mentioned something to uh, Pastor Jeff about this. And so we've had conversations off and on throughout the year, um, just talking about, well, what would this look like? What would this mean? Um, and just about a month or so ago, or two months ago, it seemed like, okay, I think it's, I think it's time to actually move on this. And so, um, you know, announced to you guys, and now, boom, here we go. <laughs> we got a plan. So just wanted to kind of fill everybody in on, on what's going on and how that, how that all has uh, come to pass. And 
I'm looking forward too to the fact that, uh, you know, I'm going to be changing careers, but I'm still going to be here. Um, you know, Carly and I love uh, this church and love you guys as a congregation and, and just look forward to uh, serving in a different way here at, at uh, Edgewood Bible Church. The other thing that a lot of people have been asking is, well, so if you're leaving, what's happening <laughs> with the church? Are we going to be looking for another associate pastor? Um, you know, what's going on there? And the short answer is, Yes, we are going to uh, be looking for another associate pastor. As the elders have met and prayed and, and thought about it, um, we are looking in that direction. And, uh, you know, God has been faithful and you guys have been faithful in giving. Uh, we have the resources available. And so we are thinking that it's a good idea for us to look for another associate pastor to, to work in the ministry of this church. Um, and again... God works in, in ways that uh, we don't always <laughs> see, but then um, they kind of come to a head all, all of a sudden. And you actually may have already met uh, somebody that we are considering as the associate pastor. Um, a couple of months ago, we had a guy named Chris Short uh, come up, and he gave a uh, sermon on Acts 2 and just did an awesome job, and uh, he is currently down in the Portland area at Hinson Baptist Church, but uh, he and his family are, are looking to be a lead pastor someday, but uh, want to, to work into that by being an associate somewhere. And so uh, Pastor Jeff has had some conversations with Chris and has been very encouraged by that. Um, this isn't a, a for sure thing yet, but um, but he might be uh, the one. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. We're excited. Um, want to let you know, though, it's, it's not a for sure, for sure thing, and there's still a, a process that we want to go through and talking to him, get to know him. We want you guys as a congregation to uh, be a part of that process and to be involved in, you know, having some time to, to meet him, to ask questions, uh, to, you know, give feedback to the elders. And so we don't want this to just be like, all right, boom, 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 done. Uh, we want it to be a, a process of, of really getting to know him, bathing the whole thing in prayer and seeking God's, God's will in this. But uh, just like my career change came about kind of quickly, um, who knows, this might be able to, to move relatively fast too. So we're, we're excited uh, for uh, the chance to look at Chris and his family and hopefully, um, you know, we'll be getting more information out to you guys and just encourage you to be praying for the elders, praying for Chris and his family and uh, praying for how you guys can be in, involved in this whole process too. So that's a, a bit of an update as to what's going on. And, uh, you know, we just want to um, be open with this whole process and, uh, you know, let you know we're encouraged by the way God is working, and we uh, want you guys to to just remain faithful in prayer. And uh, we're we're trusting that God has has good things in store for us here at Ojoid Bible Church. So be encouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm excited to to see what the future holds. All right. Well, let's get on to uh, the word this morning. So. We're going to be looking at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. 
the last couple of times that I've been able to, to get up and, and preach, I've uh, been thankful for the opportunity to kind of uh, pick different topics that have been on my heart. And last time I, I talked about prayer because that was <laughs> on my heart considering a, a career change. And, and another thing that has um, just been in the back of my mind is, you know, with, with transitions, with uh, things that change, um, if you're like me, I don't like change. <laughs> you know, I, I get used to a certain way of doing things, and I like that, and I want it to, to stay that way. Um, but so often, God provides opportunities for change in our lives, and it's a good thing. Um, and so hopefully, we'll be encouraged by, by looking at this scripture this morning to, to see uh, just how God works and how God provides for his church and walk away just encouraged and excited that, that God has plans for his church. When I uh, open up my laptop and turn it on, there's always like some sort of picture that's right there. And I love that because it's always like some uh, cool landscape, an exotic thing, or maybe it's a desert sometimes or even snow, but there, there's always like something different there when I open it up. And I, I like that opportunity to just see uh, the incredible variety that God has built into nature. And um, it's awesome. And there's this little button that says, like what you see. And, and I pretty much all the time go, yeah, I do like what I see. <laughs> like it's really cool to see uh, just the, the beauty of nature uh, and the incredible variety. And yet, even though I like variety, uh, I'm kind of like Goldilocks too. Like I want things to be just right. <laughs> you know, I don't want the chair... Uh, too hard or too soft. I want it to be just right. And then once I find that thing that's just right, I want to stick with it, right? The porridge can't be too hot, can't be too cold. It's got to be just right. And we have this kind of struggle between uh, seeing the variety that's out there and many different things and being just overwhelmed and, and enjoying that variety, and yet we tend to want just one thing, and to have it over and over and over and over and over again, and if it changes, we're not happy. And that's kind of the, uh, the predicament that the Corinthians find themselves in, um, and in particular, what Paul is addressing in this, in this passage that we're going to look at is the, the difference or, or the variety of the spiritual leaders that God provides for his church. And there are some times where, where we really appreciate uh, the variety of leaders that we get to come in contact with. But then there's other times where we just really get kind of dogmatic on, no, this is my guy. Like, this is the person that I like to listen to. This is the person that I want to follow, and I don't want to hear from anyone else. And I can't believe that you would listen to anybody else. And it's this struggle that we have between 
appreciating the many gifts that God has given us, and yet stubbornly wanting things just so. And God has seen fit to kind of uh, stretch us when it comes to what, how we react to the spiritual leaders that, that he places in our lives. So let's go ahead and read this, uh, read this passage, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9, and then we'll jump into it. So 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Let's pause and pray. Lord, I thank you for this time this morning to look at your word. I pray that we are encouraged, that we are challenged. Lord, if we have uh, fallen into the same trap as the Corinthians, and if we are showing partiality and, and causing strife in any way in regards to our devotion to a particular spiritual leader, will you convict us? Will you help us to see that we're wrong in doing that? And will you help us to appreciate the, the huge variety that you have provided for us in spiritual leadership? And will you help us to appreciate and grow from the various uh, voices that, that you allow us to, to hear? And Lord, we just uh, commit this time to you. I ask that you would help me to speak clearly, that you would use your word to enlighten our hearts and our minds. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, the main idea for uh, what we're going to look at this morning is, is kind of simple. It's a challenge from Paul, and the challenge is this. Grow up and have a right perspective on God's work in the church. Paul addresses the Corinthians here as, as being immature, and he's saying, guys, you need, to, you need to take some steps towards maturity. You need to grow up. And in particular, you need to grow up in the way that you relate to others about the spiritual leaders that God has provided for you. And this passage, we're going to break up into three main sections. Uh, verses 1 through 4, we're going to see the immaturity of the Corinthians on display. Uh, verses 5 through 7, we're going to see how at the end of the day, the glory belongs to God. And finally, we're going to just see how we get to be a part of God's work here on this earth. So, 
As I said, the, the main point that, that Paul is trying to make and hopefully that we get from this is we need to grow up and we, add, we need to have a right perspective on God's work in the church. So let's read again those, those first four verses here. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So the Corinthians were uh, a church founded by the Apostle Paul, and then after Paul moved on from the Corinthian church, other spiritual leaders came through. Um, Apollos was one of them. Uh, There were other leaders who were traveling around visiting different churches who most likely uh, went through the Corinthian church, and most likely there were spiritual leaders that that were built up and, and put in place from among the Corinthian church. And so you had this, this situation where it was a relatively new church, uh, founded by Paul. Apollos came in and caused a lot of growth with his teaching and with his explanation of the word. And you had uh, spiritual leaders coming up from within. And th- the situation was that you had some people who were saying, wow, I really loved Paul's ministry. And I loved how he taught us, and I loved how he shared the gospel with us. And, and in fact, he was the guy that shared the gospel with me, and, and I got saved because of God's work. Paul is the man. But then you had others who were like, well, yeah, Paul's good, but Apollos, boy, I grew so much under his leadership when he was here, and he was explaining uh, the gospel to us and, and about Christ, and Man, it was just incredible. And you know, Paul was okay, but he didn't speak very well. You know, he wasn't real eloquent, but Apollos, he's the man. I can't believe you would like Paul over Apollos. What is wrong with you? And it probably got even more serious than that to where you would have like maybe seated on this side, those who follow Paul seated on this side, those who follow Apollos, and they would be listening to whoever is talking and and going, oh yes, that's great, yes, we love God, but we don't like you, because you follow Apollos, and you follow Paul, and there was strife, and, and there was jealousy among the church over the spiritual leaders that God had provided, and we might think, like, boy, I'm glad we never do that, (laughs) right? I mean, we're above that, aren't we? Well, are we? Probably not. (laughs) You know, there, there are so many opportunities that we have, especially nowadays, to, to not only come to church and to hear from uh, Pastor Jeff, hear from myself, hear from other elders, hear from other guest speakers, but we have so much opportunity uh, during the week to jump online and listen to our favorite preacher or, you know, somebody who really uh, explains the word well. And we do have these tendencies to, 
to be drawn to the person and to start to elevate the person a little bit higher than we really should and not realize that it's actually God who has provided all of these leaders and the purpose isn't that you become a devout follower of John MacArthur or a devout follower of Mark Dever or uh, whoever it is. The idea is that you become a devout follower of Christ, right? And all of these people, their goal is to point you, point me to Christ and his work on the cross. And it's encouraging here that, um, you know, Paul is able to address these Corinthians as brothers. If you see that there in verse one, he says, but I brothers, Uh, this is an encouraging aspect of this because um, even though they're displaying their immaturity, they are brothers and sisters in Christ. And the fact is, you know, this is a group of people who has come in contact with the truth of the gospel. And I think that is, you know, a, a very unifying thing that, that Paul wants to, to draw out here is that you guys have all been saved by the same gospel. You are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that ought to work itself out in the way that that you treat the spiritual leaders around you and the way that you treat others in regards to the spiritual leaders. Because the fact is, we're all saved by the same gospel. And, you know, if you're sitting out there and going, well, what is this gospel? It's the truth about who Christ is and what he did for us on the cross. We are, are born into a horrible predicament. Because we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But the amazing thing is Jesus came and lived the perfect life that we couldn't, died on the cross to take the punishment that that was supposed to be dealt out on us. He took on himself on the cross. He is our substitute. And the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If we put our faith and our trust and our hope in him, we are saved. And that is the the same for everyone. And if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I've done that. Well, this is the time. (laughs) Join us. Become a brother and sister in Christ. You know, that is the ultimate goal of this life is that you would come to a point where you would recognize your sin and your need of Jesus as your Savior and put your faith and trust in him. And if you haven't done that, today's the day. You know, come and talk to me. Talk to one of the elders. Talk to whoever's sitting next to you and say, what is this gospel that he's talking about? Because ultimately, that's your first need. But now, even though Paul is addressing the Corinthians as brothers and sisters, they're, well, I was going to say they're not acting like brothers and sisters, but actually they kind of are acting like brothers and sisters. (laughs) Because they're squabbling with each other. There's strife. And that word strife just means friction. 
there's heat there because of the people that, that they are following. And, you know, not to uh, oh, politicize this too much, but we've had ample opportunity over this last year to have strife, <laughs> considering the different leaders that we have been listening to, some of them Christian, some of them not. And, you know, one of the, one of the true identifying marks of the church is unity, is the fact that we love one another, we support one another, we encourage one another, and we don't let things um, cause enmity, cause strife between us, and especially not something like your favorite preacher. Like, that's so silly. It's so immature. And that's what Paul says. He says, guys, you're acting like little babies. Like, I'd like to give you good, solid food, verse 2, but you're still acting like little babies, and you need just the basics. And the basics are, don't fight. (laughs) Be unified. See the leaders that God has given you as gifts and appreciate them all. Yeah, they're different. You know, it says later, and we'll get to it, like Paul came and and it's like he planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but they're both working for God. So why would you take this and use it to, uh, to fight over? Like it makes no sense. And yet we do it. You could even see this at, you know, this isn't specifically mentioned here, but you could even see this playing out as like, maybe a certain ministry in a church that you're involved in that doesn't get much attention. And this other ministry, man, it seems like they're always making announcements and everybody's excited about this ministry, but what about mine? And in your heart and in your mind, you can get some jealousy going. You can get some strife there because, well, eh, I don't like that ministry. Mine's the best. What? <laughs> really? You're going to have strife and jealousy in your heart because of two ministries that are meant to help and meant to serve and meant to glorify God? Like, that really makes no sense. That's an immature way to look at that. And we do it with, with the leaders that, that God has provided too. I know, you're sitting there going, oh great, Pastor Jeff isn't preaching this morning. And you're disappointed, right? And, you know, I say that jokingly, but how many of you have walked into church and realized, like, oh, the regular pastor isn't preaching, and in your head or in your heart, you just kind of go, like, great, who's going to be up there talking? And you may not say that out loud, but you ever had that thought? (laughs) What is that? That's immature. That's dumb. (laughs) Grow up. Be excited because God has provided somebody, and it may not be your normal guy, but he's provided someone to come up and to present God's word to you. And the mature Christian goes, sweet. 
regardless of who it is. Because you're getting God's word. Yeah, it might sound a little bit different, might have some different illustrations, might be presented a little bit differently, but if it's God's word, it's God's word, and praise God, right? And it's immature to have strife or jealousy or, or any kind of uh, wrong motives in your heart and in your mind, and it's especially wrong to play those out, like after church, when you're out to eat with your friends and you go, that guy was lame. I know you would never do that. I just couldn't get past the way that he raised his eyebrows all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is that? <laughs> That's immature. We can't focus on those things because those are the things that divide. Those are the things that, that cause strife and jealousy. We need to be focused on the fact that God has provided spiritual leaders for us to grow. And it's a good thing. Well, if we look at uh, verses 5 through 7, um, Paul elaborates on this. And uh, first four verses, we saw the, the Corinthians' immaturity on display because they were, they were fighting over Paul, Apollos. There was strife going on. Uh, verses 5 through 7, we see that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the glory of God. It's not about the individual person. What then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy is a good steak. However, this is one thing that I've learned. There's more than one way to serve up a good steak. You know, I mean, you could have it barbecued, you could have it smoked, you could have it pan seared, you could do pan sear with a little rosemary on it, bake it with butter all the time, and it's really good. But then you can have it another way, and it's really good too. And the point is, you know, as much as I love steak, if I just had it one way all the time, I would be missing out on a lot of really good things. You know, and it's, it's the same thing with, with the Word of God and with spiritual leadership, is that God has given us a, a huge variety of spiritual leaders, and the point is that we really enjoy the steak, the Word of God, and we're fed by it. But when it comes in different preparations, it's really good. And we need to become connoisseurs, if you will, of the Word of God and learn to, to enjoy it and take it from various leaders, from various sources, and to realize that the fact that there are various ways to, <laughs> to hear the Word of God and that there are many different uh, um, vessels through which God serves it to us, like that is a huge blessing. Because the things that, that I might be strong at communicating, other people are weak. And 
the things that other people are strong in communicating, I may be really weak in. And so if you just get Ryan all the time, you're going to be malnourished. If you just get your favorite preacher on the radio all the time, you're going to be malnourished. God has given us a huge variety and we need to appreciate it and we need to uh, eat widely (laughs) so that we get the full experience of God's word and full teaching of his word. And Paul here is just pointing out that, you know what? Yeah, I planted, Apollos watered, but you got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is that God is working through me, Paul, and through Apollos, and through other leaders. And the point isn't to bring glory to Paul or Apollos, but the point is God gets the glory in all of this because he is the one who ultimately is behind the growth of the church. And so, you know, Paul says, I watered, but God gave the growth. You know, he's not immature enough to think that it was because of his presentation that the people grew. He's mature enough to realize, you know what, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a mouthpiece. And there is significance in that, like that's a a great thing to be, but the true significance is that God is doing work through the various leaders that he provides for the church. And it's it's clear that this isn't a, a bad system. You know, it's good that there are spiritual leaders in the church. If you look at Titus 1.5, it says, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Paul is giving directions to Titus, and he's saying it's good to appoint leaders in these various churches, in these various cities, because we need that. And there's, you know, various... Uh, <laughs> requirements given for good godly leaders in in Timothy and Titus and in other places. And it's good that we have uh, these men who who are able and willing to step up and to lead and to guide us as worshipers of Christ. But we have to remember that we need to see through the leader to the one who's really doing the work. And in some senses, the, the leaders are interchangeable. Which is why, you know, honestly, the elders and Pastor Jeff's um, heart is to, to present different leaders up here on Sunday mornings. You know, we want you to be exposed to different styles of preaching, different people up here who are going to present the word in a different way. It's good. It's good for us to, uh, to have that variety So, at the end of the day, it's God who gets the glory in all of this. And on to the, the last part here, verses uh, 8 and 9. It says, He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, 
God's building. What is it that God is doing in this world? What's the big idea? Well, he's growing the church. And he's got a way that he has decided is the best way to do it. And it involves believers gathering together to worship and to encourage and support one another. And he has given each believer certain means to do that. And he's also called some from amongst the believers to to step up into a leadership position. This is what uh, Pastor Jeff read this morning from Ephesians 4. It's talking about the body of Christ and how there is one body, one God, one purpose for this all. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the goal. That's what God is doing. He is growing his body here on earth. And the way that he does that is is through the work of different people called into leadership positions. And you as a congregation in general and me as a congregation in general using the gifts and abilities that he's given you to support one another, to encourage one another, to spread the gospel. We're supposed to work together as a body for the glory of God. And this is what Paul is recognizing here. He says, he who plants and he who waters are one. Meaning, in essence, all these spiritual leaders, they have the same purpose, the same job, ultimately, They are one, and they will receive wages according to his labor. The idea here is kind of like the the parable of the talents. If you remember, um, you know, Jesus gives, or the master in that case, gives certain amounts of money to different servants, and he says, go be faithful. And the ones who are faithful are rewarded, and the one who goes, eh, I'm kind of scared of my master. I'm just going to hide what he's given me. Is he rewarded? No, he's punished. <laughs> and the idea here is that there, there are different jobs and different roles that God has given each one of us. The key is to be faithful with what, is, what God has given you. And there are certain people who God has called into leadership positions, but they're all one and the same in that their call is to be faithful, to help the body, to feed God's people, to present the word to them so that the word can encourage your heart, can instruct you. So Paul says, we're, we're all one. He who plants, he who waters, we're one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor, meaning The ultimate boss here is God, not you guys. Like, my job isn't to come into Edgewood Bible Church and see how many of you I can convince to, you know, put the Ryan's My Pastor bumper sticker on their car. Like that, no. (laughs) That's not it. And if I were to do that, 
that would be immature. <laughs> that would be wrong. That would be bad because what would that do? That would cause strife and jealousy among the congregation. And you guys would be wrong for following me. That's not the point. The point is, God has given us leaders, and we ought to follow them. We ought to see that as a, a, a privilege and as a great gift to be able to follow those who God has placed over us. And the last verse there, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. He uses two metaphors there, a field and a building. And the idea of both of those is that they, they grow or they get built. <laughs> How does a, a field work? Well, the field that he's talking about here is picture a farm. What happens on a farm? Well, you have a farmer, right? And what does a farmer do? He goes out and he plants and he waters and he tends the ground and the ground is supposed to grow. <laughs> and what Paul is saying is you guys are the field and the spiritual leaders that God has provided you are the farmers and if they're planting the seeds and if they're watering, what's your responsibility? Grow. <laughs> Take what they're giving and put it to use in your life and grow. In the same way, the, the analogy of a building. You guys are a building. And God has appointed certain leaders to come and to bring supplies to the building and to start building. And for you to go, well, I really like that HVAC guy, but that electrician, he's an idiot. That's not the point. The point is to be built. <laughs> to serve the purpose that, that the ultimate builder has for that building. Which is to glorify him. Which is to be a good representation of his love in this world. So, be a good field. Be a good building. And get built and grow. <laughs> And how does that happen? It happens because God appoints spiritual leaders to, to help in that process. And we ought to be thankful for that and not single different leaders out and, and just follow them and just follow their ideas on this and look down on other people because, oh, I can't believe you would listen to this guy or I can't believe you would do this or that. It's like... And it's really easy to fall into that trap. But Paul says, hey, grow up. If you find yourself going in that direction, you're just thinking like the world does. If you go back to um, verse 4, Paul says, the one who says, I follow Paul, another I follow Paulus, are you not being merely human? Like the flesh and the sin that indwells us <laughs> wants us to put people on a pedestal and wants us to follow after people with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to look around at other people and go, well, your person isn't as good as mine. That's what the flesh wants. That's how the world works. And if we allow that to come into the church, 
Are we not being merely human? And the point is that we would be more mature than that. That we would understand God's work in the church and not be full of factions. Not be divided, but be united in God's word and in the gospel and appreciate the leaders that that he has provided for us. So, to um, you know, I come back to the main idea. What's Paul trying to get at here? Well, he's trying to encourage the Corinthians to grow up and to see just how amazing it is that God has given us the church and has given us various leaders in the church. He wants them to have a right perspective on God's work in the church. And that means seeing each spiritual leader with their own unique talents and abilities as God intends. Spiritual leaders are co-workers with God and they are there for the purpose of building you up. So be encouraged by that and don't allow uh, different thoughts to, to come into your mind and different idolatries really to come in and create factions where you aren't able to, to learn or to even see a certain leader that God has provided. Because that's the way God has worked. That's the way that God has built his church. And some particular applications, you know, coming back and just thinking about the transition that, you know, is coming in our church, like, sometimes it's tempting to go, well, I want so-and-so to come into this church, and I want him to be this, and I want him to have, you know, these credentials, and, like, we get this idea of who we want as a leader in church, and it may not happen exactly like we want. But, you know, if we as a congregation are following God's word and we're praying and we're supporting one another and we're hearing from the word and growing, even though we may not get what we exactly want, we have to see that God is providing leadership for us and be thankful and learn think maturely about the situation and we also I think another application of this is just to be a connoisseur of God's word you know God has put certain leaders here in our midst and it's it's awesome to be able to uh, hear the word presented in different ways you know the way pastor Jeff does it from the pulpit is different from what you hear in a core seminar and if you're not involved in that, then you're kind of missing out a little bit. And, and there's all these other opportunities that we have to, to learn and to grow from God's word and do it. Like become a connoisseur, read books, listen to sermons, learn to appreciate the huge variety that is there in the body of Christ. All for the glory of Christ. And don't get too rigid on who you follow 
And don't think poorly of those who don't have the same exact